This episode of the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast is brought to you by Inside Tracker. To get 20% off your Inside Tracker plan purchase, visit the link in the show notes, which is insidetracker.com forward slash fit cookie for 20% off. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. My name is Holly Samuel. I am a registered dietitian, personal trainer, master of health education and eating disorders, and I am your podcast host today. Today, we are going to start a series that I've been thinking about. It's been written down on my episode to-do list for, I don't know, how long have I had this podcast? Almost two years, probably for that long. Um, But that is a micronutrient series. I am always getting questions um, from runners and honestly, other healthcare professionals and coaches about what does this micronutrient do? Why is this important? Um, You know, what happens if I'm low in it? What do I do? So I really wanted to give you guys like a, basically like a quick and to the point, which I'm going to do my best. You know, I'm not good at that. (laughs) Um, but quick and to the point episodes on various micronutrients. And in particular, I want to focus on micronutrients that have, um, you know, more importance when it comes to endurance athletes, going to pick ones that endurance athletes tend to struggle a little bit more with, or be at slightly higher risk for having issues with. So, To start off our series, we are going to talk today about vitamin B12. Um, And my outline, if you will, for these episodes is going to be, you know, what is this micronutrient? What does it do? What happens if I am running low? What does low even look like? Um, How much do we need in a day? Who is at an increased risk and why? Where do we get it in our food supply and when should we test and how should we supplement if that is necessary? So again, to put a disclaimer on these episodes, I am a registered dietitian. I work with the running population. However, I am not necessarily your registered dietitian. So, um, you know, this is definitely meant to be taken with a grain of salt, general education, but I do hope that if you do need help, you will reach out um, and use some of the resources that I will give you. But know that this is not individualized advice because when it comes to nutrition and especially micronutrient nutrition, I mean, gosh, it really does depend on the person and what your specific blood work looks like, diet looks like. Um, everyone's needs truly are so different. Like if I could predict things in people, that would be great. And sometimes I can, but even sometimes I get my own blood work back and I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) So um, just so you are aware of that disclaimer. So let's dive into vitamin B12. So vitamin B12, which is also known as cobalamin, is an essential water-soluble vitamin, meaning that it basically gets absorbed and dissolves in water versus fat-soluble vitamins, which are vitamins A, D, E, and K, which we will talk about a little bit in different episodes. Um, so in terms of what does vitamin B12 do in the body, this can get fancy. So I'm going to try to keep it simple, but essentially vitamin B12 functions as a coenzyme in a few different processes. One of them being that it is essential in the metabolism of fatty acids and amino acids. So of fat and protein, it helps in the metabolism of them. 
It's also essential in red blood cell formation in the bone marrow in that it helps with DNA production in red blood cells. Um, and it helps us maintain proper immune function, transmissions of neural signals, and synthesis of neurotransmitters and creatine. So it helps with our body's ability to, you know, connect our body and muscles with our brain, <laughs> essentially. Um, so in terms of, you know, why that's important and what that means for runners, vitamin B12 is really, really vital in our energy metabolism and our red blood cell formation. So as runners, we require, as you know, I'm sure, a lot of energy that we put into our training because we use quite a bit of energy. And as runners, our red blood cells are kind of important. They help oxygenate our body. They help give nutrients to our muscles and all different parts of our body through blood flow. And when we run, our feet you know, strike the ground in a high impact way, which actually causes hemolysis or breakdown of red blood cells just from our feet pounding on the ground. And basically, if our red blood cells are being, you know, destroyed <laughs> um, at a faster rate than most people, that means that we are going to require more of the materials required to make red blood cells because we're going to be needing to make more of them more of the time compared to the sedentary person. So if B12 is one of those materials involved in red blood cell formation, you could see how runners might be at an increased risk for developing a deficiency. Now, before I get ahead of myself, what happens if we do, you know, end up with low B12? What are the signs and symptoms? So essentially any kind of fatigue, weakness, which is so hard because guys with all of these episodes, I'm going to say, if you're tired, if you have weakness, if you're not performing in your workouts, um, that can be a sign of deficiency in basically any of these micronutrients. So take that with a grain of salt. If you are tired, it might be worth getting a blood panel that shows all of these things with Inside Tracker, who sponsors this episode, or with your doctor um, to kind of pinpoint why you're tired, because there could be a lot of different reasons. <laughs> so anyway, those are some of the symptoms. And also, um, you could also experience numbness and tingling, especially in your extremities. So this is actually something that is interesting. If I have an athlete who's like really cold all the time, or maybe even has like Raynaud syndrome, which honestly I should do a whole episode on. Um, but that is very much like cold extremities. Um, it is an autoimmune condition. But if you do experience that, it could actually be just a B12 deficiency and not Raynaud's at all. It could also be an iron deficiency. Um, or it could be made worse if you have Raynaud's. Your symptoms could be even worse with the B12 deficiency. For myself, I do have Raynaud's. Um, I notice it's a lot worse if my iron and B12 are low. So that's something that I try to address. If you have trouble walking, running, um, or just even like you have neurological conditions, like your gait is being impacted and you feel like you have less coordination, that can be a sign of B12 deficiency. If you're nauseous, if you have decreased appetite, if you're experiencing more diarrhea or loose bowel movements than normal, if you have a really tender tongue or something fancy called glossitis, which is an inflammation of your tongue, or if you just have an elevated heart rate in general, those can all be signs that your B12 could be low. And for the record, deficiency in B12 is present in about 6% of young adults, and those incidences increase as we age. Um, so I wouldn't say, you know, it's a 
super popular deficiency, um, but it definitely exists. And it's definitely something that certain populations have an increased risk for. Now, if your vitamin B12 is chronically low, you could also develop something called megaloblastic, super fun word, anemia. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of different types of anemias. You've probably, you know, when you hear the word anemia, you probably think iron deficiency anemia, but vitamin B12 can also cause megaloblastic anemia, which is essentially where you have very large red blood cells whose insides are not properly developed, which can cause your bone marrow to decrease its production of red blood cells. And those red blood cells can also have a lower life expectancy. So they're not living the full 120 days or so that they're supposed to. They're dying early, which is a problem. Um, so if you do have megaloblastic anemia, if you do have anemia in general, you really do want to get a couple different labs drawn to decipher why you have an anemia. Because if you think you have an iron deficiency anemia because you experience all of these very similar symptoms, so you start taking iron and maybe your symptoms get a little bit better, but they don't totally go away. Um, it could have been actually because you had a B12 deficiency and not an iron deficiency. And now you're taking something that you don't need and vice versa. And actually something very interesting about vitamin B12 deficiencies and megaloblastic anemia is some of the side effects, especially if you do have like a lot of numbness and tingling in your extremities, or you have experienced those neurological conditions. Um, those can be irreversible. <laughs> so you can really cause permanent damage if you don't address this one, which is why it's important to get tested. Don't freak out. You know, if you're like, oh my gosh, I've been experiencing that for a long time and I haven't gotten tested. It's okay. Just go get tested. Um, some signs and symptoms will be improved, but if it's, you know, really an ongoing chronic thing that you just haven't addressed, it can be permanent. So what does low even look like? So in athletes with a blood B12 concentration of 200 to 400 PG per ml, that is considered low. And that's a little bit of a higher value than what would be considered low in the general population. Now, as athletes, we are very much in tune with our bodies. Our bodies are very, you know, they're working really hard and we stress them more frequently through exercise. So if you tend to be on like the lower end of normal, you may start experiencing some of these symptoms, even though your labs come back and they're quote unquote fine. So when you are checking for B12 deficiency, know that, you know, what your doctor might say is normal, um, may not be necessarily normal for you, which is why I love inside tracker personally, because it does give athlete optimal ranges instead of just general sedentary population optimal ranges. Um, and in particular for B12, we have a couple studies that show 200 to 400 tends to be on the lower end of that level. And you really want to work to keep your range above 400 if you are an athlete. Now, if you're wondering how much we need each day of vitamin B12, the recommended daily amount or RDA is 2.4 micrograms per day. And now when I say these and all of these different episodes coming up, um, they're going to be in totally different values. So like you might think, oh, 2.4 of anything sounds like not that much. Um, but this is in micrograms. Whereas for iron, it might be in milligrams or for uh, magnesium, it might be in milligrams. So the measurements are going to be a bit different. So I'll give you guys some examples um, so that you can put that into context. But 2.4 micrograms per day is what's recommended, although you may need more if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. And just for your reference too, like supplements for vitamin B12 can range from 
2.4 micrograms to 1,000 micrograms to B12 blood injections. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of doses out there, which is also why it's important to test your blood. Now let's talk about who is at an increased risk for a vitamin B12 deficiency and why. So athletes, you might have guessed that one. You have an increased need for B12 because of that increased need for red blood cell development, like I said, with that foot strike on the ground and they're breaking up, you know, in higher frequency than normal. So we need more materials to make more red blood cells. We also have an increased need for fatty acids and just general energy, which B12 is involved in. So that's another reason. And as athletes, we tend to not meet our nutrition needs in general. So um, know that, you know, about 40 to 50% of the athletic population is not meeting its nutrition needs. Um, so with that comes micronutrients, macronutrients, and everything in between that we may also not be getting enough of. Whether you run ride, hike, or swim, you understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build endurance, boost energy, and optimize your health for the long haul, which is what we're all about here. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and also where you're not especially when it comes to between different training cycles and in different stages of your life. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your unique body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or your Garmin, you can also unlock real-time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. Just kind of like having your own coach in your pocket. Pretty cool. For a limited time, Fit Cookie Nutrition podcast subscribers can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash fit cookie to get 20% off. And you guys, this is a really cool opportunity for you to potentially check your blood so that if you are learning about this micronutrient series within this podcast episode, you can just test your blood and see where you're at and then take some of these recommendations that Inside Tracker provides to heart to get you optimized. Now let's get back to the episode. In the older population, um, you guys may also be at an increased risk for B12 deficiency because of poor absorption in the intestine and also a tendency to decrease your intake of protein. We know that in the older populations, and by older, that's such a relative term. I think for B12 um, research, they're talking about people in their 60s and over. Um, but for you know sports nutrition needs, like for example, we really know that that can start to affect females like in their 30s or 40s, and then their protein needs can go up. So this kind of ranges a little bit. But if you are not meeting your protein needs, you may not be needing your B12 needs. And therefore, you may be at increased risk for deficiency. If you are plant based, if you're a vegan vegetarian, um, if you do eat some animal products in your diet, you might be not as much at risk. But if you are plant-based in general, B12 is an, is an animal products only, um, you know, naturally occurring. It's a product of bacterial synthesis um, in other animal products. So that is why we need to get it through animal products or fortified plant product sources. And you have to be really intentional about that, which I'll get into 
in a minute, but if you are plant-based, you're going to be at an increased risk for B12 deficiency. I don't think I've ever met a plant-based um, person, especially a plant-based athlete who didn't need a vitamin B12 supplement. Um, and again, the dosing really ranges. So don't just go out and buy one, test your blood first. But um, essentially that's something that tends to be needed. So if you are like checking more than one box on this at risk list, then you are even more at risk just for your information. So when we talk about plant-based, um, you know, athletes too, and why vitamin B12 is only an animal product. So vitamin B12 is a product of bacterial synthesis. So our actually like our bacteria in our intestine also produce vitamin B12, but they produce it way down in the large intestine, which is before or it's after rather, um, our vitamin B12 gets absorbed. So like vitamin B12 gets absorbed higher up in the intestine for us, even though our bacteria make it in a, in a little bit further down. So that's why it's an essential vitamin, because even though we do make it, we can't absorb it because it's not, it's like we, we, we have to get off an exit earlier, <laughs> basically, if we were going to do that. Because a lot of people will say, well, you know, cows, for example, um, you know, eat plants and they need vitamin B12. So where the heck do they get it from? Well, their intestines are a bit different and their bacteria are producing um, vitamin B12 along with many other vitamins a lot earlier in their digestive tract so that they have a chance to absorb it. Um, those ruminants, they get some extra benefit from chewing their cud. So essentially that's why cows can make B12 from the bacteria in their gut and absorb it. Whereas with humans, we can't do that. So if you have any GI disorders, you may also be at an increased risk for B12 because maybe you're having trouble absorbing your, your food. Um, so some of it's not getting absorbed. And in addition, if you're taking a proton pump inhibitor medication, H2 antagonists like any antacids um, or metformin, you also may be at an increased risk for a B12 deficiency because these medications do interact with, um, with vitamin B12. So who's at risk? Hopefully that narrows that down for you. Now, I've talked about this a little bit already, but where do we get vitamin B12? So primarily animal products. So for example, a three and a half ounce serving of clams, which is a super random example, but I'm using it because it's really high, has about 99 micrograms of vitamin B12, which is way over that 2.4 microgram recommended daily amount, right? So if you are an animal eater, you could see how this adds up quickly. A three and a half ounce serving of beef contains about 5.9 micrograms. So quite a bit less than clams, but still well over the recommended daily amount. Three and a half ounces of tuna contains about 10.9 micrograms of vitamin B12. Two eggs contains about 1.1 micrograms. So now we are under the RDA. And, you know, our fortified plant-based products like nutritional yeast, which is kind of like a cheesy flavored nutty flavored powder um, that is fermented that you can put on like salads or chilies that contains about 17.6 micrograms of vitamin B12 as long as it's fortified. Not all of them are fortified. So check the label for two tablespoons. Other fortified plant-based products. Um, one example, a cup of raisin bran cereal has about 1.5 micrograms of vitamin B12. So again, pretty low, but can contribute. We also know that the synthetic version of B12 is actually absorbed pretty well, um, maybe even better than the natural form. So that's a positive for fortified things. 
And that actually may even help someone's deficiency more, um, you know, including those fortified foods or supplements if you have a deficiency, but don't discount the natural stuff either. A cup of soy milk has 2.1 micrograms of B12. So again, a little bit under that RDA, but it's still there. And other fermented foods also contain B12 like kimchi, kombucha, depending on the type of bacteria that are used. So um, there's a lot of different foods, obviously, that contain vitamin B12, but primarily animal products. Um, You know, if you're eating several servings of animal products per day, you might be okay. However, if you're an athlete and you're below 400 when you get your blood drawn, you might need more. Or if you're plant-based and you're not eating animal products and you're not taking a supplement... Um, and you try to get in some of these fortified things, but you're just not sure I would, and you're an athlete, I would definitely get your blood tested. Um, and watch for other products too. If things say like energy on the label, like if it's a sports nutrition drink, um, you know, or just like an energy drink, they may contain like a bunch of B vitamins because B vitamins are involved in our energy metabolism. However, um, it might be overkill. (laughs) You know, I see a ton of people who are taking a bunch of B12 supplements or B complex vitamins, they're having energy drinks or sports nutrition products that are super fortified with B12. They're eating plenty of B12 in their diet, or they were told by like a functional doc to take a bunch of B12. Um, I've seen this countless times. And then they get their blood checked and their blood levels of B12 are way too high, um, which can also be a problem. (laughs) So too much of a good thing is a bad thing. So again, with all of this context of information, key takeaway is to test your blood work if you're really curious, especially if you're experiencing any of those issues. If you feel dandy, you feel fine, you feel good, and you pretty much eat animal products, or you're a plant-based athlete and you've been taking a B12 supplement forever, you're probably okay. Um, but if you do feel like things could be better, or you're just curious and you like data, testing might be a fun idea for you. So getting a vitamin B12 test um, is a good idea if you want to test your blood levels. You could also test something called methylmalonic acid or MMA alongside vitamin B12, um, which can help decipher if you're having an issue with B12 or folate, which is another B vitamin that is involved in all of those processes. And sometimes the deficiencies within each other can mask each other. And you could actually have a folate deficiency, but you're supplementing with a bunch of B12. So it's not really helping the root cause of the situation or vice versa. Um, For megaloblastic anemia, which again, you really need to diagnose by looking at it through a microscope to see if the blood cells are enlarged compared to microcytic anemia from iron problems, um, which are super tiny blood cells. So you do need to have that diagnosed by a doctor looking through a microscope. Um, But the two causes of that are essentially vitamin B12 deficiency and folate deficiency. So you could have an issue with both, or it could be one or the other. Um, I love that inside tracker, especially their ultimate plan, test both B12, folate, iron, and ferritin, um, so that you can kind of understand what all the different markers look like. And if you are having issues, where they're coming from. Um, So thank you to them for sponsoring this episode. Make sure you check out the link in the show notes. And I really hope this is helpful, you guys. Happy running.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.